Henry Nouwen once opened a sermon with the following greeting. I'm really grateful to be with you here this morning and to share my faith with you. And to the core of that faith belongs my conviction that you and that I and that we are the beloved daughters and sons of God. I might as well say that from the very beginning. You, we, are the beloved sons and daughters of God. And one of the enormous spiritual tasks we have is to claim that and to live a life based on that knowledge. And that's not very easy. In fact, most of us fail constantly to claim the truth of who we are. I wanted to open with this passage because I want to talk about suffering. And suffering can be such a lonely place, such an isolated space. It can be that space where our minds tell us that we are unloved, that we are unlovable, that we are foolish to even imagine that we are worth loving. But not only are you worth loving, not only are you lovable, you are the beloved. You are part of a love affair that brought us out of the stars and into the earth, and out of the earth and into your mother's womb, and out of your mother's womb and into life. And our spiritual journey is to claim the truth of who we really are, the beloved. We all suffer. Like death, there is no escaping suffering. That is part of our experience, and there is a great spiritual teaching in suffering if we are willing to dive into it. If we are willing to learn from it, we will be drawn ever more powerfully into the truth of who we are. This is not to apologize for the terrible injustices that have been perpetrated in the name of holy suffering, the women who have been told to stay with abusive husbands so they can better understand the suffering of Jesus, for example. Injustice must always be confronted. And we live in a world of injustices. The sex trafficking, the prisons, the hunger, the war, all of which are created by human action. It is an abomination to explain to people in these situations that their experiences are holy opportunities. And we must not live in such a way as to expect never to suffer, nor to see suffering as something that must be controlled and eliminated as quickly and as efficiently as possible. This can lead us into denial of another sort, a denial about the nature of life, perhaps even condemning life as it is. So much of modern cultural life revolves around an escape from suffering. We are awash in drug use, and I don't mean illegal drugs, I mean legal, prescribed pills that are ingested by the hundreds of millions each year so we don't have to feel. And there is an overconsumption in the form of things. We don't buy all of this stuff because we need it. We buy because it is an attempt, at least for the moment, to get away. We live in an era marked by a fleeing from darkness, a fleeing from the reality of mortality and that which we cannot control. We try to illuminate everything because perhaps if we cast a light everywhere, no darkness will remain but the darkness is so much greater than anything we can ever imagine. And so we race around, shining our lights in a desperate hope to avoid the pain which, ironically, 
only leads to our lives being run and determined by that very same pain because all of our actions exist in a response to it. There is a great teaching around suffering that goes, don't just do something, sit there. Which means sometimes you just have to be with your suffering to allow what it has to tell you to emerge from the darkness. Suffering is profoundly social, and when we privatize our pain and cover it up, we lock ourselves away from compassion and understanding, which is why the suffering of each of us is so important. We all have the opportunity to experience transformation, and it is our own wounding that calls out to us as a path to serve others. It is our wounds that create the opportunity for us to explore sensitivity, compassion, and love. It is our ability to say, I understand, that creates the opportunity to be present for another human being, for another species even. Not to solve their problems as much as to see them. Taking time with our own experience of suffering allows us to dive down like a pearl diver into the wound and find a gift that becomes available to another. This is the great archetype of the wounded healer. The wound is essential to the healer because it is not a head knowledge. Compassion is not learned from a book, but rather it is learned through the transformative experience in the soul. It is a soul claim, not a head claim. It can't be a theory. It must be felt. It is where we go through the process of learning what prayer is, of learning what faith and faithlessness is. It is where we learn what the darkness really is. I have known darkness, and it is only because I keep my suffering close that I am able to sit with another person and authentically say, I understand. I do not find my way out of suffering on my own. And again, this is difficult for those of us who hold on to the dream of individualism so tightly. Individualism is defined by what we do, who we are, what we have, what people say about us. Our individualism is measured in relation to other people, do we have more? Do we have less? And this is why Nowen says, most of us fail constantly to claim the truth of who we are. We are the beloved children of God. We are the beloved. And so much of our suffering is a result of this measuring of ourselves in relation to others or allowing them to measure us in relation to themselves. We are asked to do something in order to be loved. But we learn not to trust that love because there will always be someone who tells us we are not enough. Twenty people could tell me they loved this meditation and one could come forward to tell me that they hated it. And if I am measuring myself by the claims of others, I will only remember the one voice, the one that told me I wasn't enough. But if I nurture the knowledge that I am the Beloved, that I am part of a love that is everlasting and infinitely creative, I will no longer search for my identity in the approval or rejection by others. 
but rather I will live as the beloved in the world. And my suffering, which I will still have, and my successes, which I will still have, allow me the chance to reclaim the truth of who I am. Neither will be an obstacle as much as they are opportunities to experience a deeper sense of my belovedness. It has been said that the price of freedom is forgiveness, and forgiveness begins in empathy, in understanding the belovedness of another person. We are not who we are because people tell us we are great or because people tell us we are bad, because we have done something or because we haven't. We are who we are because we are the beloved. The true treasure of suffering is that it can lead us into empathy, and empathy can lead us into love. So go forth and use your suffering to see the world as it really is. Allow it to become a touchstone for you in order to enact the transformation where all people can understand that they too are the beloved, no matter what they do or don't do. Thank you for listening to this meditation. You can find a written version of it on my website at ianwhitemar.com slash meditations. Who are the people in your life who would enjoy and benefit from this meditation? Pick one and send them a link. Maybe start a conversation with them. Has anyone shown you empathy in such a way that you became aware of your belovedness? Have you held someone so that they might see the divinity from which they come? The spiritual journey isn't something we need to do on our own. We are meant to travel the path with partners. I hope you'll join me again next week.